Cause this guy don't dance And the word's been passed since I last chance Delia IOX is supported by you and the following underwriters. The Catskill Revitalization Corporation, home of the Delaware and Ulster Railroad, based in Arkville, and the Catskill Scenic Trail for hiking and biking along the old rail bed from Roxbury to Bloomville. The Delaware and Ulster Railroad Tourism Train is scheduled to return this summer for rides in an open car or coach with food and beverage aboard the vintage Silver Rose Dining Car. Dates and details at the Delaware and Ulster Railroad Facebook page or at durr.org. Peekamoose Restaurant on State Route 28 in Big Indian with farm-to-table cuisine Thursday through Monday. Indoor dining from 4 to 9 p.m. Takeout till 10. Peekamoose.com or 845-254-6500. 845-254-6500. The Slider Agency. On Main Street in Margaretville, a neighborhood independent insurance agency educating consumers about safe driving and about coverage options. Open Monday through Friday, 830 till 5. More information at 845-586-2641 or slideragency.com. This is Dan O'Connell, host of Monday Morning Music on WIOX Roxbury. As a WIOX spokesperson, I also manage underwriting for the station. And I'm here to let you know that underwriting on WIOX is a great way to support the station and inform the community about your business or service. If you'd like to become an underwriter, contact me for details at 607-326-3900 or WIOX at WIOXradio.org. Okay, you are listening to WIOX Community Radio, live and local in the Catskill Mountains at 91.3 FM and MTC Cable Channel 20, 107.5 FM on the campus of SUNY Delhi and everywhere at WIOX Radio, 
radiogardenfm.org on computers or smartphones. And also with the Radio Garden phone app, this is from the forest every Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m. Talk about a different forest-related topic with Ryan and John. John, how's it going? Things are good, Ryan. Spring has sprung. It's feeling good. Yeah, the daffodils are punching up through the uh, soil line. Um, my magnolia tree is thinking about, you know, budding out. Flowers, that is. Wow. First. And uh, ah, the apples, a lot of trees aren't budding out that much, though. My sugar maple's budding out a little bit, one of them. But the apples are holding dormant still. Little little silver tip here and there, but, uh, you know, it's not happening just yet. Yep, that's all I'm seeing, silver tip, too. Yeah, and I'm at 840 feet, so that says a lot. Yep. I'm low. Well, my firewood's done for next year. It's stacked and covered, and I decided to measure up exactly what I burned to date, which I usually don't do, but I measured the pile. And I, my jaw dropped when the number came up. I had to re-measure again, but 2.25 cords for this whole winter. Yeah, I um, I wouldn't be surprised if I'm somewhere in that in that area. Yeah, I think this is the least amount I've ever burned. Yeah, me too. Yeah. No, it it's uh, and I don't know. I mean, obviously it was a warm winter. I also got a new stove, so it was the first uh, full winter with a new stove. So that had something to do with it. It's more efficient. It's a nicer stove, but um, I don't know. I, well, I figure on three and a half. Yeah. And two and a quarter, and whatever. There's a little bit left for heating, but not much. I think we have the same exact wood stove. We do. Mine's and our right. house is not that much different, right. so that makes sense. The only difference is you've got, for the cold days, a second stove downstairs. So that's the only yeah. time you'd get ahead of me on wood burning. Yeah. I, but, you know, I only get that downstairs one going when it's below 20, which we really didn't have too many days right. below 20 this yep. year. It's crazy, you know. Um, so I don't know. It, it, I can't complain. I got my wood done. It's all, everything's finished. Ne- never been done this early where everything is, uh, stacked away and, uh, it's crazy, but whatever. I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it too. It's oh. a good feeling, you know, walk by a, a stack and it's all done. I stood there for a minute, just smiling. I think my wife was <laughs> watching me out the window. Like what the heck is she's he doing? Like, Look at this freaking guy. You know, this guy. That's money in the bank. You know, he's been looking at it for half an hour. No. <laughs> <laughs> hour and a half later. He's still there. <laughs> <laughs> he likes that wood pile more than me. <laughs> no, no, no. All right. All right. Well, that's no, good stuff. So tonight's show is Larry's opinion on home heating. With wood and heat pump. And we have Larry Shocker. Is it Shocker? Am I saying that right? Yes. Okay. And, uh, yeah, Larry has been a member of the Catskill Forest Association for uh, many years now. I think it's 2010. So that would be 13 years. 2008. 2008. You know, I was wrong in the database. I think you're right. I think you're right. So, Larry, how you been? Oh, thank God. So also, we, we, we're not finished with the wood pile, but we got the logs cut up to 24-inch um, pieces. My son and I are getting ready to put them up to split and stack the wood. <clears throat> and um, my, 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 I was telling my, my wood, my firewood stack is almost more valuable, valuable than my silver stack yeah. um, this time of year, by the way. I mean, it's an it's, 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 um, inflation hedge. Right, it's, yeah. So a good a good stack of good dry wood that's off the ground on pallets and it's covered with a tarp, that'll last you ten or more years. Larry, um, I know you don't buy wood anymore or or whatever, but do you know how much wood's going for in Ellenville, Ulster County? I do not. I actually have not had to buy wood in mm-hmm. so many years. 
Uh, I live on 3.69 wooded acres. It's hardwood. I have so many ash trees that have fallen over. Uh, like I'm, I'm not able to, you know, I don't cut it myself, um, but I have um, people, I hire guys, local guys that come up with the chainsaws and they cut it up into 24-inch logs. And then me and my 12-year-old son come in with the tractor, the truck, and the gasoline log splitter. And we split it, stack it, and put it up. And so uh, we still, we also have a nice stack left over from last year, nice. a little bit. And so I, I've done this for several years. Just to just to back up a second, I think I met you when I was giving a, a presentation on firewood at the Ellenville Public Library. November two thousand and eight. Yeah, and it's like now I can usually count on Larry giving a call each winter when the days are very cold, and he calls and, and tells me how efficiently his his wood burning boiler is doing. So let's just tell us about yourself a little bit, um, you know, where do you live? You don't have to tell us, obviously, exactly where you live, but, you know, what, what brought you into uh, this world of heating and being? It seems like you're really into it. Yeah, okay, so I downsized from Rockland County in 2008 up here in the Catskills. <clears throat> and so where I, where I came from, it was a, a, a natural gas furnace. You had a natural gas line coming into the house. And if you, it was a single zone back in those days. And if you'd wanted to save money, you put on the sweater and turn down the thermostat. When we moved to the Catskills, anything but electric is brought in by truck. So you could use wood, coal, heating oil, or propane gas. And so if you didn't use an electric heater in your house, whatever fuel you brought in was brought in by truck. The house that we bought has... I'm still using it, a whole house wood boiler, an indoor wood boiler in line with the oil boiler. So you can turn off the oil boiler, put a fire in the wood boiler, and, and your, the, the, the radiators are fed by the inside wood boiler. And so in, I just moved into the house October 2008. I see an advertisement for the Ellenville Library um, November that there's going to be a class. I remember I used to do articles in the Schwangunk Journal regularly you're in the paper still am okay and so <laughs> there was a, for, for a firewood class so yeah. i said let me go to that yep. and so i went and i met you we took your firewood class and it was very informative even in then and so the, the the bricks inside my wood boiler were cracking and i wanted to replace to rebrick it and i asked you did you know anybody and you didn't yeah. and so we eventually found a guy to rebrick it and i've been using that wood boiler ever since it took me a while to learn how to use it but I've been using it ever since. And so in the preheat pump days, and I'll get to that later, I would burn between six and eight cords a winter, and it was like half the price of heating oil. So I want to also recommend to anybody, there's a website, woodheat.org. It's a Canadian website, and it's full of information on burning firewood. It's a great website. In fact, that's where I have stole a lot of my information from. And so <laughs> I, give, I give them credit. <laughs> wood burning is not a science. It's an art. And so I am now. I, I, I completed 15 wood burning seasons, and so I, I, I called myself. I told you I'm, I, I'm an accidental heating expert, because I didn't move here setting out to learn this stuff, but I became a commodities trader when I saw that I had to use heating oil. And heating oil, the price of heating oil varies so much, you know. But a good stack of wood, so you could put up wood, you know, for a long time in the future, and it stays good. And so if you've got a real expensive, you know, $6, my answer to $6 a gallon heating oil was my son and I with a log splitter splitting and stacking the wood last spring, and that got us through the cold days of the winter. All right. 
You can't I can't argue with that. I feel the same way. Um, it's a big savings for my family. You and, know? and on a really okay, so so my house that wood boiler that my my, my my boiler system has five zones. There's four heating zones, and then I've got a hot water tank, an indirect tank that feeds off the boiler, and so I can use the wood to, to heat my house, heat my hot water, and here's the joke and to dry my clothes. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's you you, 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 yeah. You put a rack in oh, front okay. of your radiator, and you uh, you dry your clothes. Right. And so, so on a really, really on those bitter cold days, there's really nothing better. I agree. That raw heat walking in after pruning apple trees all day long, and get home from work soaking wet, and again, you can hang your clothes up to dry for tomorrow, and boots stay dry. Can't beat the wood heat. So um, before we talk about really burning wood and and the heat pump, because that's really what today's show show is about is how they how you use both of them but how do you go about knowing which trees to cut for firewood well in my case it was oh okay so hold on so the answer is join the catskill forest association um get get with the use their use your tree marking program um have the nice guys ryan and company come out to your property and they will tag your trees and they will mark the keeper trees, the healthy trees, and you cut out the non-healthy trees around the trees. But because of the emerald ash borer beetle, I was provided with a like a. But I have so many trees that fell over on my property, and some are off the ground. And so it's it's. it's I found a couple of guys that just come with a chainsaw, cut them up into two-foot logs, put them in a big old pile, and um, you know I've got firewood probably for the next five years just with the ash trees that fell over. What's your opinion, since now you're burning mostly ash, what's your opinion on ash versus variable wood? And well, I, ha- I did have a little variable wood. We've got some cherry, yeah. so I do mix it, okay? So, But I, I use liberal, I, I liberally mix cherry with mostly ash. Um, but I would actually say that my experience in my stove, which is a boiler, that ash burns very, very nicely. Okay. Um, if I'm going to bed, okay, so, so my boiler holds 24-inch logs and holds quite a few of them. So say at 10 o'clock at night, I have just stuff my wood boiler full of 24-inch ash logs, uniformly cut, you know, cuts, and, clo- and close it down to a reasonable, you know, airflow and leave it. Um, when I get up at 6 o'clock the next morning, I have a good bed of coals still left to relight the fire. But you said something interesting off the air before the show that burning wood isn't necessarily a science, it's an art as well. Correct, because it burns best on a really cold day when you can really burn it hot, and you have to make sure you burn good seasoned dry wood. When you do that, there's almost zero smoke coming out of your chimney. If you do that and you look, once you get the fire going and you're using good dry wood, even on an older appliance, you've got these catalytic stoves that do this stuff for you, but if you've got even an older stove and you are burning really good, good dry wood and i would say get a moisture meter if you don't have one okay because you want less than 20 percent moisture and that's an easy way to make sure mm-hmm. and they're not expensive uh, but if you got good dry wood and your stove's open hot it's clean it's it's efficient but if you try to burn wood on say a spring day like this and you try to you know fill up your stove and damp it down it'll be smoky it won't be efficient or if you right. burn you know non-seasoned wood It'll be smoky and inefficient. So it requires a little bit of knowledge, and that knowledge can be all gained by reading st- articles on woodheat.org. There's just so many variables. Um, from First of all, it should never be hissing 
when you're burning your wood out of the out of the wood. If it's hissing, it's probably some. It can be wet. Sometimes you did dry your wood, but it wasn't covered properly. We've all had that problem. Yeah. And it's it re-soaks up water. There's just so many variables with with wood. When someone says wood is dirty, it's like, well, it depends. <laughs> I mean, it does depend. It even depends on how you – with a wood stove, I can't say with a boiler. I'm sure it matters with a boiler too. How you put your wood in your in your boiler or your wood stove, right? It really does. I mean, did you jumble it up or did you just stack it in too tightly or whatever? That, that stuff all matters. So I don't know. It's correct. So during the day, um, I, I make small – you know, again, the, the woods with, with air in, in between the wood and to get a good airflow. Yeah. And so it requires some thought and effort and, and a good education. I mean, a wood education to, to know what you're doing. But if you do, it's, it is clean, it is uh, renewable, it's carbon neutral, and uh, provides some really good heat. I mean, what is something that um, that you that you surprised you about burning wood that you liked more than you thought you would have? You the, the heat, the quality of the heat. Yeah. Yeah. Just the, the raw heat. Yeah, it's pleasant. But believe it or not. Uh, um, so I, my hot water system, okay, I replaced my hot water system, and so I have an indirect tank. So I, I have a solar panels on my roof, which heats the hot water in the same tank during the summer. Oh, I didn't know that. In the, in the wintertime, it could circulate through my boiler. So I could circulate through the oil boiler or circulate it through the wood boiler, which is where the same thing. Or there's an electric that will heat just the top 40 gallons of the 80-gallon tank. And so they're just, you know, when you're using wood heated water, you know, it's, it's not something that you can really quantify, but you just feel the, the, the hot water. It's, it's different. Really? It's the, huh. the, heat, the heat's different. No kidding. So, so on, you have, uh, I know you had solar hot water, though. Yes, for the summers, and it's, it's being used now. So yeah. right now, this, and when we get to the heat pump part of it, right now my boiler is turned off completely. And so I'm using my heat pumps to heat my house, and on a good sunny day, I'm getting about 20 degrees more hot heat in my water tank. So even on on a day like this today, you get a sunny day, my temperature in my water tank will go from 110, which is the the temperature I have the electric at, to go to 120 degrees. The sun will will raise the temperature in my water tank by, by 10 degrees. Back to the boiler, I mean, how much maintenance have you done besides the bricks? None. Well, yeah. well, but I, I get my oil boiler cleaned every year. But yeah. uh, you know, no, I I, I pull the. Um, I usually run a, a brush up my chimney yeah. annually, and then I pull the, the the metal pipes out of the back of the boiler that's going to the chimney and give them a brush. And I've actually replaced those pipes once, so they got like just worn out. Yeah. So that was in, in fifteen years. Okay. And so, it's but not now, but I've been burning less wood, um, since I put the heat pumps in. And so, but so, but I still want to run a brush up my chimney, you know, once a year, keep it clean. That's also important, by the way, to make sure you keep your chimney swept. How much, do you, how much creosote do you think you get, if you had to guess? Not a lot. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't think you would. No, but you have to also, by the way, by, I, I put the, the creosote remover in there. Yeah. So that's another another important wood tip. Once a day, or, or not once a day, or, or once a week. I'm sorry. Well, first of all, once a day, you burn your your stove really, really hot. I mean, hot, hot, and it'll burn off the creosote. Like, make, make yeah. it a real hot fire. It'll dry out the creosote in your chimney. Uh, and then, approximately once a week, you pour a scoop of the creosote remover in it. It's just a salt. And it dries out the creosote, and it flakes, and then drops down. Hmm. And then it makes it easier to keep your chimney clean. 
Interesting. Do you know about that, John? I've never been told to and never used the creosote. But yeah, a hot fire once a day. You notice it on your your stove too. If someone damps it down too much in the house and maybe you get a little buildup on the glass, one hot fire and it's all all gone. You don't have to scrape that glass off. That's why I like the glass. You know exactly. Yeah, exactly how you're doing efficiency wise. Yeah. I uh, haven't cleaned my glass in a couple weeks and I cleaned it and the kids are freaking out because they, they thought it was like real. They're like, oh crap, this fire rate does. No, it's just clean glass. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Looks nice. I like the glass. It does tell you when you're burning nicely and when you're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But like Larry said, this is the this is the hardest um, weather to burn clean with a wood stove because it's, it's mild out. You just have to have a like according to woodheat.org, a, just a smaller hot fire if you, if you have no other choice. If you don't have a heat pump, which is what we're going to talk about next, and if you're just tuning in, you're listening to From the Forest every Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m. Tonight's topic is Larry's opinion on home heating with both wood and heat pump. When I was a kid, Uncle Remus had put me to bed. Picture a Stonewall Jackson above my head. Then Daddy came in to kiss his little man with gin on his breath and a Bible in his hand. He talked about honor and things I should know. Then he'd stagger a little as he went out the door. I can still hear the soft southern winds in the live old trees And those Williams boys, they still mean a lot to me Hank in Tennessee I guess we're all gonna be what we're gonna be So what do you do? Sound in the night like the wind does But you ain't afraid if you're washed in the blood like I was Smell a cake jasmine through the window screen John R. and the wolf man kept me company By the light of the radio by my bed with Thomas Wolf whispering in my head I can still hear the soft southern winds in the live old trees And those Williams boys, they still mean a lot to me Hank in Tennessee I guess we're all gonna be And I 
watched him burn himself up on bourbon and speed. But I was smarter than most, and I could choose. Learn to talk like the man on the six o'clock news. When I was eighteen, Lord, I hit the road. But it really doesn't matter how far I go. I can still hear the soft southern winds in the live old tree. I guess we're all gonna be what we're gonna be. So what do you do with good old boys like me? Yeah, what do you do with good old boys like me? you're just tuning in you're listening to from the forest every wednesday 6 to 7 p.m tonight's topic is larry's opinion on home heating with both wood and heat pump so larry shocker's been using a uh, wood boiler for a while and now he is he is using a heat pump more now but he claims they're friends the heat pump and boiler but anyway let's talk about the heat pump first what is a heat pump i have no idea how this works oh, so let me start how i got the heat pump so my house is a ranch that's built into the side of a mountain. And so I, my garage is underground and my so I have a walk out basement and I have a walk up attic. And so we have the boiler downstairs. So in the basement of my house is my both my oil boiler and my wood boiler, which are the same. They're in line. I could use either one. And then it, I have um, baseboard radiators, hot water radiators. Okay. Up in my attic I had a central air conditioning, and then we had vents in the ceiling that blew down. Mm-hmm. And so, which is like you think about, it, it makes sense. You heat from the bottom and cool from the top. So in the summer season, I would use the ordinary electric uh, um, central AC, and um, and so that worked for a while. The AC went; it broke. The unit was old and it leaked, and it was no good. Had to get replaced. So I had a really good HVAC guy. That was about seven or eight years ago. So I've been burning wood for 15 winters. About halfway through that, my central AC went. And so I had a good HVAC guy at the time, and he says, well, why don't you put in a heat pump? It was more money, but I figured, okay. My original thought was that would be great for the spring and the fall when it's really smoky and, and wood's iffy. And he said he claimed that this was a claim that he gave me in that year. He said that he could heat and cool my house with this new energy efficient heat pump for an average of $75 a month. You know, average. That was my, my average cost. And so that heat pump that I bought, so, I, I, so, so a heat pump is just an air conditioning in reverse. So a refrigerator, a window unit, air conditioning, all right, and a both a mini split heat pump, which are very common, and a, a, a central heating pump are all the same devices. Okay, the heat pump has something called, uh, what's, I'm trying to think what it's called. It's a, it, it's a reversing valve. I can't think what it's called, but, uh, um, what it's called. Um, but it it's, runs in reverse. Condenser? Or? No, no, no it, it's, I can't think of, um, I'll think of it. Um, 
it reverses. It's, okay, so now think about So anybody who's ever had a window unit air conditioner or the back of a refrigerator, all right, but you've got your window unit AC, it's in your window, it's a boiling hot summer, and you go out and stand behind it, you feel the hot air being pulled out, okay? An AC does not cool. An AC moves heat. And so the way that it works, and I'm not a scientist, but you've got a, a refrigerant and, so, and a condenser and a compressor, okay? And so, I'm oh no, sorry, an evaporator and a condenser, compressor. And so, you, 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 the, so the gas that's, that's going through the tubes in, an, in, a, in a refrigerator, AC, heat pump, it goes back and forth between a liquid and a gas. And so that process transfers heat. When it, like, like if you feel your car, you put your hands on your compressor, it's cold. It's freezing cold because you're compressing, you're, you're, you're evaporating the gas. So, so, so the, the, the one process heats up the liquid, the other process cools it down. And so it moves, and so, okay, how entropy works. Heat will always move to cold. Mm -hmm. And so when, you, when, you're, when, when your coils get cold, the heat travels to the cold. And so a refrigerator doesn't cool, it moves heat out of the box. And so all a heat pump is, is an air conditioner in reverse. And it's very, very, so, so, so the new heat pumps will cool down to like even zero or below zero because there's actually heat outside. So, but you're doing this, you're, 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 you're making the refrigerant cold and the air is moving over that refrigerant and then evaporates and it moves heat in and out. And so that's basically how a heat pump works. Okay. Okay, so now, yeah. uh, um, so, so I, I, I had to replace my AC anyway and so I figured, look, I don't want to burn wood in the spring and fall, and I don't want to burn oil in the spring and fall. If, if I could say, in other words, I needed a new AC anyway, and the, as an added bonus, if I'm getting heat in the spring and heat in the fall, that's just gravy. It was worth the extra capital. So now that heat pump worked so well. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I was afraid my basement was going to freeze because I didn't have my oil boiler turned on. Even on like 20 and 10 degree days, that heat pump was heating my house. And that heat pump came with an electric usage meter, and you know the guy was correct. It was amazingly energy efficient. And so, uh, um, you know, that's how the point. And so now most heat pumps, like I just described, um, it will not work when it gets really, really cold, or it will lose efficiency. And so they have what's called a secondary heat. In most heat pumps, like I described, they use something called electric strip heat, which is simply res uh, an ordinary resistant heater, just like a space heater, which is inside the air handler. And you set out something called a lockout temperature. And so when it, say when it hits 20 degrees outside, the heat pump will turn off, and then you'll start using that electric heat. And so there's an advantage and a disadvantage to that. In other words, keep, make sure your house is, is, is hot in those conditions. But on your coldest days, you're using the most expensive fuel. And so I opted not to do that. And so I have my boiler, either oil or wood, and just say, say on a medium day, I might flip on my oil boiler and set my oil boiler at 66 and then set my heat pump at 68. And then if it's cold and my heat pump can't keep up, the boiler will then provide the secondary heat. And so I don't lock out my heat pump. It keeps working. So it's basically the, it can just create electric heat when it gets too cold. Well, pump? some of them do. Some of them. And do. the other thing that people need to know is, mm -hmm. if your outside unit freezes, and they do often, 
the heat pump will do something called the defrost cycle. It'll borrow a little bit of heat from your house and turn back into AC mode and take some of that heat and blow it back out of the coils to defrost it. Now I'm guessing, have you ever seen a window unit AC freeze in the summer? Like the back of it freezes over? You, 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 you try to make your house too cold, it's bitter hot, and you turn it cold, 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 and your AC is running so hot that the coils freeze. When that happens, what you got to do is put it on fan only, let it run for a while until the coils defrost. The same thing will happen to your heat pump, okay? It will freeze, and so the heat pump will borrow a little bit of your inside heat and use it to defrost the coils, and you will feel a little cold while that happens. Hmm. No kidding. And is it, I mean, how, how durable are they outside well, in the elements? Well, uh, that, that's also a very important factor. Um, we had an ice storm the other, not the other weekend, okay, on a Saturday morning, and I didn't have my boiler on because I didn't think it was that cold. And it froze, and it kicked out an air code. It locked it out because it can't get air. So if you have a heat pump, there's an outdoor unit, and if it's full of snow or full of ice, either it won't be as efficient or it won't work at all. Okay. How about, um, you know, installation, you, you know, some costs, like how much are these things? Yeah, and Payback. And then after that, you know, maintenance, like who works on these things? So that's also very important. They're very expensive. And so I want to make a comment here, stop, and say that I don't think a heat pump is a, is a one-size-fits-all solution. That if everybody, and this is my opinion, but if everybody in New York State had a heat pump running on the coldest day of the year, I don't think the grid could keep up. You know, the forget, electric grid. Yeah, forget about plugging in your electric car that day. Um, I just think it's too much. And so another thing about it is heat, a heat pump is not a furnace. So say you're a weekender and you've got a place up in the Catskills, and I had this happen, by the way. So we have our synagogue ha just put in the heat pump, and it was like a minus, you know, five-degree day in the middle of January, and they come in five minutes before the, the room's needed, and they turn the heat pump on, and it's like blowing out cold air, and they're saying, oh, it's not working. A heat pump is not a furnace. A heat pump works best to maintain temperature, not to bring up a room from a bitter cold to hot. A heat pump is not a furnace. Hmm. And so, uh, you know, almost every heat pump today has some kind of a secondary system that's by default electric. And so you go from using the most efficient energy source to using the most expensive energy source if you're not aware of it. Yeah, because I always thought electric heat was the least efficient way to do thermal you know, thermal energy, heat. At least that's one, you know, I've always read in NYSERDA and stuff like that, okay. publications. Another important factor is, uh, certainly where I live, we are, the, we are the first ones to lose power and the last ones to get it back. In 2010, late 2010, we had a late, early, it was early 2010, it was late in the heating season, you know, late February, um, we had a, a, a very bad, like, wet snow, and it knocked power out for, like, five days. And so we were using the open hearth fireplace because I can't use my wood boiler with no electric because there's no pumps to pump the water through the radiators. Yeah. And so, um, so we were using the open hearth fire, and we were using uh, 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 um, putting our, our food in the snow and coolers to try to keep our food from going bad. On, the, on about the third day I had enough, I went and bought a portable generator. And to make a long story short, I wired it into my house in what's called a sub-panel. They call them a transfer switch. And I put my critical stuff, including my boiler, 
on the generator. But I don't have a whole house generator, so you're not running your electric dryer on the generator. I'm not running my heat pump on the generator, my, my AC, because it costs too, it's too much fuel. And so if, if, if you're in the middle of the winter and your power goes out, you know, to, to, to use a generator to run an electric heat pump is really inefficient. Hmm. You know, you're better off using a, you know, a propane or a gas furnace or a, a wood apparatus and then um, using the generator to run your critical electric. Um, so you really have to think about what you're using. It's not, it's not, it's n- none of it's a one size fits all. Not your wood stove, not your furnace, not your heat pump. Um, but having them all, t- having them all together, by the way, they're friends. You use the right thing during the right time. Um, this time of year, spring and fall, there's nothing that beats the heat pumps for comfort and efficiency. So it seems like a heat pump is really efficient if you keep it on and you don't turn it off, though, right? I mean, you shouldn't be yes. turning Some people do that uh, that I know of. That they'll turn it off and it just never catches up, you know? I don't know. That's correct. So you just want to keep it on. That's correct. And they actually say, in other words, uh, uh, that's another very important point. You don't want to do temperature setbacks with a heat pump. So you don't want to say, you know, if you have a zone that you're not being used, oh, I'll set it down to 55 overnight and then turn it up to 70 at 6 o'clock in the morning. Uh, A heat pump is no good at that. Hmm. It It won't catch up. So you're better off leaving your house, your temperature constant. So I'm, as a homeowner, my home has four different types of heating systems just because of kind of the bastardization of all the previous homeowners trying to do something different, no one ripping out a system fully. So there's all sorts of stuff going on. I'm going to be the homeowner to do that in my tenureship, but not until something dies. I'm not going to proactively just do it. Um, obviously, I look into heat pumps. I look into everything. But uh, uh, the maintenance cost of multiple of multiple units is inefficient. Um, you know, if, if you were going to be, say, maybe building a home today, what would be your – obviously, it sounds like a heat pump might be something you'd uh, invest in, but what would be the secondary source? Because it sounds like there has to be something. Well, it depends. Okay, if it depends. Okay, mm-hmm. if you were building a brand new home. Okay, first of all, um, this is very important. The new heat pumps. Okay, the new ones are very efficient. They will actually heat your house down to even below zero. They just cost more, a little bit more money to well, do it. What's the cost here? I mean, yeah, like, I don't talking? know what you. You don't have to go into your costs, but what can a homeowner expect? A range. Oh. Um, Again, it's, it's all variable. It depends on the size of the home. By the way, yeah. heat pumps are so different. You could have, like, I have a whole house heat pump upstairs, which is just a, a typical central, you know, AAC that's also a heat pump. But if you have an older house, like typical, like, like where, the, where your building is in the Casco Forest, you don't have ducted heat. So they make something called a mini split. And so, and there's different mini splits. And so... Like, there's so many options with heat pumps, by the way. You have to find a good dealer that you trust. Don't get a flyby guy. Get a, a reputable guy. And then you also have to maintain them. You have to clean them off in the spring, get the dirt out of them. Because anything that clogs up the airflow through that AC slash heat pump will, call, will, will be efficiency loss. So yearly maintenance is important. If ice gets on them and you're, you know, you're leaking any of your refrigerant out, you want to make sure that everything's uh, um, you know, sealed. Um, so, but it's worth it. Uh, um, but a brand new construction, by the way, uh, um, but up here, okay, uh, um, I would put in some, you know, put in some kind of a wood stove 
or even have a something propane, some kind of backup if your power goes out. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of people have a wood stove, even if it's just nostalgic, you know, lighting an evening fire just to watch the flames. But I'm asking more like, you know, a heat source. Um, if it's not, if, no, if wood's not your primary. Right. The, the, the answer is, oh, it, it's, it's, elect, it's electric. Yeah. Near, okay. Most of, okay. Most of the standard ducted heat pumps have something called electric strip heat. It's just simply a resistant heating system um, as a secondary heat. Mm. And with the, with, the, with, with the way the state of New York's going, that's what you're going to have to do. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. Okay, but, but there's nothing <laughs> wrong. Okay, but that's for new construction. Right. But you do not have to rip out your oil boiler with your radiant heat when you put in your heat pump. All right? You could keep that oil boiler by the way, and so uh, you, and, and you're ready to heat, and all you do, ready? Just say just say you're a weekender. You bought an older house in the Catskills, and it's got your old your your, your cast iron radiators, and you got an oil boiler in the basement, all right? And so and you're using window unit ACs. Replace those window unit ACs with mini split heat pumps in all your rooms, okay? And so so you're coming up to the Catskills for the weekend, and you want to heat your house. All right, you, you arrive on a Friday. All right, put your boiler to 66 degrees. Put your heat pumps to 68. The boiler will work long enough to heat your house to 66, and then it's done. It's off for the rest of the weekend, and your heat pump's happily doing its thing um, for the rest of the weekend, keeping your house comfortable at 68. Your boi the, the boiler and the heat pumps are friends. You will use a nominal amount of oil. And then also, if it's a bitter cold day and your heat pump goes into a, um, a defrost mode, and borrows a little bit of that heat for the inside, your heat, your house will get to 66, the boiler will come on, and you'll feel a little warmth from your boiler. The heat pump will then defrost and then blast in some, you know, itself and, and catch back up and bring you up to 68. The boiler will go off, and he'll be happily not running. Okay. Um, what about cost, though? <laughs> okay. Well, to you're, be perfect, you're really aiming on the cost. I get it, John. Okay. Well, no. To be honest, okay. All right, all right, you have to. You have to go into it knowing. It's going to cost me. All right, all right. You may not. The, the, you may not recover your capital from a heat pump. Okay. Because it may. In other words, if you buy a heat pump and some say it goes bad after seven years, right after your warranty goes, it goes. Um, you may have paid more for that heat pump than you would have paid for the fuel to run your boiler during that time. True. Is that a typical? You said seven years. Is that a typical uh, lifespan? Or no. I think, you can, I think you can get a lot more out of it, by the way. But, but a lot of people don't maintain their systems. Mm -hmm. Okay? That is uh, spend the money. Okay? Just like, it's like changing the oil in your car. Maintain sure. it. It'll last longer. Get somebody to come out there. Uh, if you're using it for your heat, NAC, have them come out twice a year in the spring and the fall. What are they looking for, Larry? Like, what are things that go? Oh, uh, uh, well, the compressor will go. Yeah. Um, I actually had my compressor go, thank God, before it was out of warranty. Mm. And I basically had my whole system rebuilt <laughs> from scratch, and it's working better than ever. But um, may, it, it, it's really variable. You know, you don't know. I, I see these things set up on things. They don't even look level. Does it not matter? Well, you want it. You really <laughs> you know, you've want You've seen that, right, John? You're like, is that thing level? I don't know. Does it have to be? I, I think know. it matters. I okay. think you really want to know who your installer is. I've seen a lot of guys come and go. They put in some cheap job in your heat pump, and then they're gone, and you can't get anybody to uh, to, to do that. All right, don't be pennywise and dollar foolish. If you're going to do it, do it right. But by the way, the big advantage to the heat pumps, by the way, don't forget that it's giving you a very efficient AC in the summertime as well. Yeah. So that is a value. And so it's not just, oh, it's going to save me money. It's going to add comfort to your home, 
and you're not going to have to burn wood on the spring and fall, and it'll 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 save your wood pile. Yeah, I hear that. So if you're just tuning in, you're listening to From the Forest every Wednesday, six to seven p.m. Tonight's topic is Larry's opinion on home heating with both wood and heat hump, and we're going to take a break, and uh, we'll be back.
Okay, Electric Light Orchestra. This is from the forest every Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m. Talk about a different forest-related topic. And tonight, we have Larry Shocker on. He's giving his opinion on home heating with both wood and heat pump. So, Larry, what do you want to talk about? Cost. Yeah, okay. Heat so, pumps. John uh, is, he's, he's, he's going for it. I'm on the edge of my seat, though. Uh, yeah, uh, okay. See so, this past <laughs> heating season... When oil hit $6 a gallon, we bought a little house for my wife's parents a few years ago. I think in 2015. It's a small house, and they replaced their wood boiler with a cold start boiler. They got it all insulated. All right? Their heating bills weren't that bad. And then next next thing I know, I'm seeing $6 a gallon oil. I just, something in my makeup, I just couldn't spend six, they used a thousand gallons of oil a winter, all right? I just, I couldn't wrap my mind around spending, dropping $6,000 and having the spring come around and nothing to show for that money. So um, we put in a heat pump, Um, but I put in, okay, there's different configurations of mini splits. I put in, so you could have a multi-head mini split. In other words, you got a single compressor outside and, and, a single compressor outside, and then four, four heads, you know, four um, air units. And so their house needed two of them, but I put three air units per head, and then we had two spare. And so that was $18,000 in capital to do that, okay? And I did exactly what I advised. I set their, they wanted it 70. I set their heat pump, I mean, sorry, their, their boiler at 66, and their heat at 70 and left it that way for the whole winter. Their electric bills were not that bad, and they burned, like, virtually zero oil. Like, one day it got so cold that the, that the radiators came on, and it's a cold start boiler. And I went to, and I called the oil company, and I went, said, we're not, we went off of automatic delivery to will call. So they had a gauge on their tank down in the basement. And so the problem with there is if, say, Trump gets reelected and the price of oil goes to 2 bucks. You know, I may never see that $18,000 again, but they now have air conditioning as well. And so we pulled out the window units, which were probably more expensive. And so it's comfortable in the house. And so I may never see that 18000 bucks. But just and, the, and it, just say the blended um, oil rate, it would have been $4,000 this winter. So they got back $4,000 of their $18,000 investment, you know, minus the electricity costs which it was really were nominal, by the way. I want to state that, by the way. Those, the, the, the really new heat pumps are amazingly energy efficient. Hmm. Do you know what that increased usage was? Like, how, say, a $100 bill turned into 100 and I have to look. I don't have it in front of me, but it was not, it was not terrible. Yeah. Uh, that's all I could say. It, it, it wasn't terrible. And so it's not entirely a financial decision. Because the problem with, with, with living here, with depending on commodity fuels that we were talking about, like, you know, heating oil or propane, is the, the prices are so variable on that thing. I mean, they, they could change at a dime. You know, market conditions, you know, Russia goes to war, the oil goes to the, to the ceiling. Like, how do you prepare against those drastic changes? You know, just say, just say you're not a wood burner. You know, which my, my in-laws weren't. They actually have a nice wood fireplace. I want to put an insert in their house also next um, to do that. But they're, they're old, and they're not going to burn so much wood. And so uh, the, the heat pump, you know, so it's not strictly a financial decision. It's sort of a security decision. It's, 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 it's an inflation hedge. 
you know, that if God forbid the price of oil goes up, you have something, you know, but the, but the price of electricity also goes up. But I'll tell you something cool. You asked about the new home, okay? So, so, so build your new home with one of those rooftop um, windmills and solar panels and uh, uh, maybe put a solar thermal for your hot water and then couple that with a heat pump. And then a lot of your electric will be provided by the sun, especially in the summertime. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the security thing is, is great. I mean, I lose my power a lot. I'm in Sampsonville. I'm at the edge of central Hudson. And to be no, nothing against them. It's just that they have – when people lose their power, they're going to go for where the most people are out, and I'm not it. So we lose our power all the time. When I first moved to Sampsonville, I, I could not believe the amount of generators I heard, which tells you something, that people were willing to invest in generators. When I lived in Margerville, I was near Route 28, and I lived in New Paltz. I was near Main Road as well. And the power comes back pretty soon because you're near those major arteries. But um, everyone's got a generator where I live. And it's just nice to know at least the damn wood stove's on. My pipes aren't going to freeze. You know what I mean? And no one else is going to get cold. So I, I hear that on the security thing. It is it is a good feeling. And that would drive me nuts if, um, you know, the power went out and I'm like, oh, crap. Yeah. Uh, you know, how long is it going to be out for? <laughs> it is definitely not cost effective to run your heat pump with a generator. Because say you've got a propane whole house generator and you're going to be burning propane to run your heat pump. You may as well run a subset of your electric off the generator and use that same propane to run a furnace. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess someone would say it's just, just an emergency, but, um, yeah, I, that makes sense. I would think it would draw a ton. But yeah, I don't know. it does. I don't know. And so, so one of the important things about generators, as people don't realize, is fuel consumption rate. The bigger the generator you get, the more fuel you consume per hour. And so I have a small 5,000 kW generator that that I can off, I can get 12, 12 hours off a tank of gas. Yeah. Um, but I would get half of that if I was get it to twice the size of generator to, to run my heat pump off the heat. And if it's a bitter cold day and you're trying to run your electric strip heat off of that, it's even worse. So you really do want to have a secondary heating especially up here in the catskills larry we got about two and a half minutes you sent me an article before the show that bosch which is an, a company that makes heat pumps did you want to talk about that uh, well what they said I, in there i thought that was important yeah i don't agree so 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 bosch says that they didn't think heat pumps were good for older homes hmm. and i think that you can really size a heat pump for any home you just want to get mini splits so if your home is not laid out for say duct work you can get mini splits and um, they will do the job just fine. What about insulation? That's what I gathered from that article was that, you know, if it's not insulated, um, it goes it goes to show heat pumps are just as bad as, as any other heating source. If you're not insulated, that's probably the first right, thing you probably that, do, you know. Okay. And so, so I don't know. One of the first things I did when I moved into my home was I replaced my rickety wooden garage door where the air was leaking out with an insulated door. And so, so the first thing you want to do is tighten up your house, insulate your house, um, do that. that, that that's going to be your biggest heating savings no matter what you use. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. What do you think, John? Heat pump, you going to get one or what? Well, I had another question. I, don't, I have to ask about the air. It's about 
what if your wood stove is your primary heat source? Sounds like that's such a variable, as you know, uh, in a standalone room of highs and lows, you're not going to keep a wood stove at 70 degrees. Uh, how would it would how would a heat pump work with that? But I don't know if you have enough time to answer that question. Yeah, well, uh, that would be tricky, by the way, because my, I, mine is not a wood stove. Mine is a wood boiler. Right. So I have a thermostat upstairs. And I ask because Ryan and I heat primarily with a with a floor unit wood stove in the home. Yeah. Well, you know what you could do, uh, and that is put um, mini split heat pumps in your outlier rooms, bedrooms. Yeah. Okay, and so they would get the, so whatever heat makes it there would would just just circulate through the house. So believe it or not, the blowers in your heat pumps would circulate the wood heat as well. Yeah, I mean, it, and convection does that just as good, though. Correct, and again, and it may not. If first of all, okay, you ready for this? Uh, um, if I have a bitter cold day and I'm using my wood boiler, I use the heat pump as my backup source. So, for example, I'll set my heat pump to 66 and my wood bo- my boiler temperature to 68. I'll go to bed. If my wood r- fire runs out, my heat pump will then kick in and, and, and help there. So that might be what you're looking for. Got well, uh, believe it or not, we are out of time on From the Forest. And, uh, Larry, thank you for coming on tonight. Oh, uh, we really enjoyed it. Taking, had a, had taking a great trip time. Up. Thanks. All right. Have a good night, and uh, see you next week on From the Forest. Good night, everyone. The neon lights were flashing and the icy wind did blow. The water seeped into his shoes and the drizzle turned to snow. His eyes were red, his hopes were dead, and the wine was running low. And the old man came home from the forest. His tears fell on the sidewalk as he stumbled street. A dozen faces stopped to stare, but no one stopped to speak. For his castle was a hallway, and the bottle was his friend. And the old man stumbled in from the forest. Up a dark and dingy staircase, the old man made his way. His ragged coat around him as upon his cot he lay And he wondered how it happened that he'd ended up this way Getting lost like a fool in the forest And as he lay there sleeping a vision did appear Upon his mantle shining the face of one so dear Who'd loved him in the springtime of a long-forgotten year When the wildflowers did bloom in the forest She touched his grizzled fingers and she called him by his name And then he heard the joyful sound of children at their games In an old house on a hillside in some forgotten town Where the river runs down from the forest Above the canyon streets, and the con men come.